0: Welcome to an emergency podcast edition of Chasing Perfection, an episode that I can say with certainty, neither Megan or myself wanted to record, and I'm sure none of you wanted to listen to, but in case you haven't heard and haven't seen from the headline, Paige Beckers tore her ACL in a pickup game on Monday and will be out for the entire 2022 season. Just really the type of news that you never want to hear for any player, but especially someone like Beckers, not only because of how important she is to this team, how good she is, how much better a team UConn is, but just from all she went through last year with the injuries, everything she endured to get back and now, looking forward to this year as you know she's got a chance to show what she can do after that amazing freshman year with a full slate and now it's over just like that immediately the rug just gets pulled out from under her from under the team from under everybody it was just not something i expected to see when i pulled out my phone and saw that email
1: yeah i agree i feel like i'm still in a little bit of shock like it doesn't really feel real but just Obviously, just so devastated for Paige. I mean, like you said, what she went through last year. She fought so hard to come back for last season and to, to have this one just ripped out under the rug from her so quickly before we even, like, get to really the preseason. It's just so unfortunate. And for this team as well that's just dealt with, I feel like, the never-ending stream of injuries and punches over the last year. And for the fans, too. I mean, it just sucks. It's another year of Paige Beckers off. All- the core, it sucks for the sport as a whole, like the amount of attention that page has been getting and the way that's elevated the game,
0: it's, it's just on every level, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't think I have anything to add on that, because you really hit on every point, it's just really hard for me to process, and as someone who, you know, has to work off this, and has to think of stories and ways to kind of cover this, it's really hard to even get past the point of just, Oh my God, this sucks so much for Paige because I don't think I've ever covered a player in any sport that genuinely loves the game. They play more than Paige loves basketball. And that was something Gino echoed a number of times last year when she was out is how he just feels bad because she loves playing so much and she can't do that. And I remember during the COVID season, I was writing about you know what the players do to unplug from basketball, and I was asking Paige, saying, you know, what do you do in your free time? And she was like, oh, you know, I I watch basketball games. And I'm like, all right, well, like, what do you do besides that? And she's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm at the arena. And I was like, all right, Paige, what do you do besides basketball? Like, don't you need a break at some point? And she was pretty much just said, no, I love basketball. I don't really get sick of it. I don't really need a break. So there's never a moment where Paige doesn't want something to do with basketball. People say it all the time about whatever, but she genuinely does eat, sleep and live basketball every moment of her day. And just for me personally, knowing Paige from having covered her and knowing who she is, that's the part that I think really hits me the most, more so than the implications of what this means for UConn or anything like that is I just, it it really is devastating because of how much she cares about basketball and how much it means to her. It's not just something for her to do. It's really her entire life. So that's, in my opinion, that's just the worst part of all of this is the way that it really affects Paige, the kid.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a really difficult thing to go through when basketball is your whole life. And then the fact that she just went through it kind of last season, too, and it's not entirely the same thing, but it is a lot of the similar thing. And to have to go through it again, it's a lot, especially for I'm talking about a 20, 21, a 20 year old, so like it's, it's a lot for someone that age to take on, too.
0: It is the same knee as the one that she injured last year, that tibial plateau fracture and the torn meniscus that she had surgery on. I can't even pretend to know anything medically, but I do wonder, was there something with the knee that may have led to this? Are these two things completely unrelated? Are they loosely related, but it still could have just been a freak injury I don't think anyone can really answer that question, or at least maybe a doctor, someone much smarter than me can hypothesize, but I do feel like it is notable that it's the same knee, even if there's not a guaranteed link there.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think I, I also have no idea medically if it could be connected or if it's just random that it's the same knee, but it is interesting.
0: And it seems like there could be something related. All right. So there are basketball implications of this, obviously. UConn now doesn't have its best player for the entire season. And in a weird way, this is probably better than what they dealt with last year, where you go into the year expecting to have everyone and then you lose half that roster. At least now you have time to plan and practice and prepare knowing you don't have Paige and she's not some savior at the end of the tunnel like she was last year, you've got however long the time might be. I don't know. Preseason starts in August, I'd bet. So a couple of months to figure it out before you start that non-conference schedule in November. If there is a silver lining, it is having that certainty and that ability to prepare, to get ready to not have her. At at any point. The the certainty is a very, very small, I don't even want to say bonus. Just it's this is a better situation, at least, than if it happened in the first minute of the first game of the year.
1: Yeah, exactly. They still have the whole preseason to to adapt to playing without her. And I guess a lot of this team has the experience of playing without her already from last year. So it's not gonna maybe blindside them going into the season as much as it did last year where they were just really out of sorts for those couple weeks right after she went down. Um, Kind of avoid that part of it. It's still a huge blow to this roster and to this team, but they at least get the plan for it a little bit more.
0: We're still obviously months away from the start of the season and the NCAA tournament, but how do you think this affects UConn's national title hopes? Because that's always the conversation at UConn is, is it a national championship or is it a failure of a season? There's no in-between for this program.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it hurts their chances, right? Like, I know that's a no-brainer. <laughs> it definitely hurts their chances. Not having the best player in the country on your team anymore. Well, she's still on the team, but not having the best player in the country available hurts your chances for sure. I still think this team can be very good. I'm not saying they're going to win a national championship because I do still think South Carolina is going to be hard to beat but I still think this can be a really good team without Paige. And I think we saw that kind of coming together towards the end of last season. And there's a lot of young talent on this team and potential for it to be a very good team without Paige Beckers. They could still be a final four team. I feel pretty confident saying that. Are they going to win a national championship over the South Carolina team? That's probably definitely going to have the NFL player of the year on it now. Actually, I won't say definitely. That was likely going to have the National Player of the Year on it now.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to find a way to not just immediately take a nosedive here because I do, there is plenty of talent on this team. You have AZ Fuddy, you have Caroline Ducharme, among others, obviously. The big thing for me is last year when Paige, AZ, Nika, whoever else you want to mention went down. It very much became a everybody needs to contribute type thing, and I think that's going to be need to, need to be taken to the max this year. But I also think the front court becomes so much more important because they already needed to be better if UConn was going to win it all this year. But now you almost need them not to be the focal point of the team, but they really need to carry their weight because the backcourt's suddenly very thin. It was. Thin with Paige, it's even more thin now. You're very few injuries away from being in a dire situation. You're losing a lot of production from last season, whether you want to just talk about Paige or even add in Avina Westbrook and Kristen Williams. That is a lot of production to be losing. I think they could have handled it fine with Paige. I'm now much more concerned without it. There's just now a lot of question marks And even if they are a final four team and I do believe they have the talent to win a national championship, I'm most certainly not going to be the one to predict that, but I think the talent level is still there. They just have a very, very thin margin of error. They can't afford any injuries beyond this. They need Dorka and Aaliyah to be excellent pretty much night in and night out. Caroline and az need to carry the offense nika's got to take a step forward offensively lou's got to be able to play at this level instead of just at fairfield one of if not multiple of that group of ayana patterson ice brady and amari DeBerry needs to step up aubrey griffin's probably got to be a factor there's a lot of things now that need to go right for this team and they got to get some luck along the way too so I do think it's possible, but, you know, we'd have to lay eyes on them and see how it goes, because on paper, you're asking a lot for this team to have the success that it has the potential to.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I agree with you. I don't think them like winning a national championship is out of the question at this point. I do still think it's possible. I don't think South Carolina is quite the same team they were last year. They are not as great in the backcourt either this year. So there's an opportunity, but it's asking a lot and everything kind of needs to go right for that to happen. But I do still think they have a significant talent advantage over most other teams in the country. And I would kind of be surprised if they don't assuming everyone else stays healthy, they don't find a way to put it together and still
0: be a final four team. It's basically a real life test of does pressure really create diamonds because (laughs) it did last year with Caroline Ducharme, it's going to have to happen again. AZ is going to have to be this team's leading scorer. And I think sneakily, if you know, your first thought is, okay, well, this is AZ's team now. And I do firmly believe this is AZ's team now, which we can talk about in a bit, but Nika Mule's probably the most important player on this mm-hmm. team because you don't have another point guard on the roster anymore. It was Paige and her. Now, if, you know, Nika's in foul trouble or even she just needs a breather, she can't play 40 minutes every game. AZ probably your backup point guard. And if AZ running the point that takes her off the ability to play off the ball and get open for shots. And it just makes the offense much worse basically. So Nika's got to stay healthy. She's got to stay out of foul trouble. And I feel like we're almost back at the point where whatever offensive production you get out of her is a bonus because you just need her to run the offense at this point and stay out there. Regardless, whether if she needs to tone it back defensively to not pick up the fouls, I think you have to live with that at least initially. But Nika Mule, in my view, is the most important player on the team for next season.
1: Yeah, I think that's gonna be huge. And then I think like you kind of alluded to with the front court, you're gonna need the front court to be a big factor for this team. You already needed that, but I think it's gonna be more important now than ever because you don't without Paige, you still have a really strong backcourt, but you don't just automatically have like the best backcourt in the country by a mile anymore. So you need that production from the front court as well. So they're gonna need Dorka and Aaliyah to have really big seasons, which they're both capable of doing, but
0: it's definitely going to need to happen for them to kind of get to that, you know, final four national champion type level. The outlook just, if we were having this conversation yesterday, not knowing about Paige's injury, I probably would have said that they're number two behind South Carolina and South Carolina still has a lot to prove regardless. Now, I, I don't even know who I would put above UConn, but I think the highest I would put them in the country right now is probably five.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I struggle because I think they have a lot to prove, but I also think every team in that kind of other than South Carolina and South Carolina does have a fair amount to prove too, but I think everyone's in a position where they have a lot to prove. I mean, that Texas game in the like first week of the season just got a whole lot more interesting. That's for sure that's going to be very interesting because I think Texas is one of those teams that's in that top five conversation. So you are going to get a quick look
0: at where this team is at when we do get to the season. And that game with Northeastern is that much more important because at least you get <laughs> two games. I think they probably have a secret scrimmage too in there. So you get two and a half games with the exhibition Northeastern and the secret scrimmage to figure yourself out before then having to play Texas. And then, Oh, let's not forget, they have to go out to Oregon and play Duke, who I'm curious to see what they're like, but that might suddenly, suddenly be a much closer game than we think it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, does Iowa pose more of a problem if you don't they're have gonna someone, you know, Iowa. they're going to play Oregon State, that's what's
1: going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, well, regardless of what it is, we don't get Paige versus Caitlin Clark anymore.
1: Yeah, so I guess the PK-80 can be forgiven for their horrible scheduling (laughs) blunder.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other topic there. I mean, I, I actually, to this point, had completely forgotten about that Iowa game until I mentioned it. So that's very frustrating that that game i mean you know it'll still be fun to watch caitlin clark play against yukon and to see how yukon goes against her and tries to handle her but not having that rivalry esque feel to the game with two of the best guards in the country it's going to be lacking unless az's or caroline's you know picking up where they left off last year or maybe not caroline's picking up where she left off but you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. in that, I just still don't think it'll have the same kick to it because Paige versus Caitlin is so much different than Azzy or Caroline versus Caitlin Clark, felt very weird saying just Caitlyn. I, I feel like I've only ever heard her called Caitlin Clark. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't have the same punch to it without it being
1: the, the you know, Paige Beckers versus Caitlin Clark. That's just been hyped up to some a kind of insane level, but in a good way. But yeah, it's not going to help that punch. Granted, I, I truthfully do think that Oregon State could beat Iowa, so that game probably never happens
0: anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Iowa State, <laughs> or not Iowa State, Oregon State feels like it's been one of those programs that's kind of been in the background since that run to the Final Four in 2016, but they've got a good recruiting class coming in. So maybe this is the year they finally break through on that stage. Either way, I pretty much every single non-conference game after Northeastern is looking a lot different and Mm -hmm. probably should be treated differently. And it's hard to really know anything about this team until we see them on the floor, because regardless of, you know, what we thought of the surrounding cast having page on the team gives them just a baseline of, you know, talent. They're going to be at least, that level of good because Paige is on the floor, which is pretty much exactly what we see with Io and Caitlin Clark. Now, with all that uncertainty, do I think AZ and Caroline are going to have good years? Sure, yeah, especially with Paige being out. I think that almost gives them more of a chance to have that. But they still need to prove that. Caroline still needs to show that the end to her season had a lot more to do with the injury than it had to do with anything else. AZ has to prove that she can be the player on a nightly basis on top of everything else that we talked to so suddenly we're in a position where i really don't know what to tell you about this uconn team and how good they might be because now that one thing that you knew you could rely on isn't going to be there
1: yeah i agree i think it's going to be really hard to tell anything about this team even though we'll get things from gino stuff so from practice starts but until you see them on the court we've seen them play a few games it's going to be really hard to tell but By that first week in December, they'll have played, let's see, Texas, NC State, Duke, Iowa or Oregon State and Notre Dame. So I think we'll know a lot about what this team is going to look like after that that first few weeks of games. I think it's a really tough slate for what's going to end up being a very young team, but it should be
0: kind of a very informative slate of games as well. I did have the thought after I processed the news a little bit that... All of a sudden, this is AZ's team because, yeah, Caroline was probably the better player for a longer stretch last year, and Nika might be older, and Dorca might be older, and you know Aubrey might have been here longer, but when you're looking at someone that you need a basket or you need someone that's going to step up and carry this team when they need it, I just feel like that's a better role for AZ to have than Caroline. And obviously we saw that Caroline can do it too, but it really feels like this is going to be AZ's time to really show why she was the number one recruit in the country, why people thought she was one of the best high school prospects ever. And it's a chance for her to, you know, step out of Paige's shadow a little bit because it feels like since she came to UConn, a lot of it's been Paige and AZ not necessarily a lot of focus on just AZ. And with Paige on the sideline all year, this is her chance to establish herself as the next UConn superstar. And she needs to take that mantle and prove herself, prove that she can play at that level and prove that she can be the number one option for the team. So I think this is AZ's team now and it comes three two three years earlier than I would have initially predicted
1: yeah it's definitely going to be interesting it kind of forces her into that role and I think from everything we heard about her in high school and stuff it's a role that she's definitely capable of taking on but it's something she hasn't maybe expected to have to take on hasn't needed to take on but hopefully she is going to be at full health because she's still nursing that that foot injury as well but if she's fully healthy hopefully she can kind of move into that role well and be able to step up for this team because while I think there's a lot of players on this team capable of carrying it any given night I think when you're looking at big opponents or when you get to March you're going to need someone that can be the player that you're going to look to and can like step up and do something like what Paige did against NC State in the Elite Eight last year and AZ feels like the most logical option for that to be and I think if she can fill that role she could have a really strong year that's actually why I back like backtracked from saying that South Carolina was definitely going to have the national player of the year at the start <laughs> because I was like well actually I think there's a world where AZ steps into this role and you know handles it the way Nate he did her freshman year and can really step up and be a national player of the year candidate but it's a lot of pressure to put on a player that's just a sophomore and wasn't expecting to be in that role whatsoever until Monday, I guess.
0: Yeah. To your point about AZ and the potential for her being national player of the year, this does make my Caroline Ducharme is going to be an all American prediction, <laughs> at least more possible and plausible yes. because she's going to be holding up a much bigger chunk of the offense than she was previously. So it's gotta be those two, because I just think it is Look, this is a very pro Nika podcast and I I don't think anyone would argue the impact that Nika has on the team, but I just think it's a little unrealistic to expect Nika to make a jump from being a pass first defense first point guard into the second leading scorer on this team. She could definitely be more of an offensive threat, but that would be a huge leap. And I think it's just unrealistic expectations to throw on her. If she does it great, but Caroline and AZ are going to be the ones that are tasked with carrying this offense, especially in the backcourt.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I agree. I don't think that's going to be Nico's role. And I don't think it would make sense to try to force that to be Nico's role. It just wouldn't really feel like the logical move. I still, am going to challenge you on the Caroline thing. Cause I don't know. I just feel like Aliyah Edwards is going to have an insane season. And I think they could, this is going to have to force them to go and use their post players more in the offense. And
0: Um, team only Edwards is going to be an (laughs) all-american look both are possible my my prediction is not that Caroline's going to get her number up on the Huskies of Honor this year by being a WBCA all-american I'm just (laughs) saying somewhere on one of the I think there's four major all-american lists WBCA USBWA AP I feel like there's another that I'm forgetting about but either way one of those will have Caroline on one of the teams. I would guess it's like a second or third team, yeah. but I could also see Aliyah being a second or third team and an honorable mention on one or the other. Yeah, definitely. But then also if Dorka is going to be a top five pick <laughs> in the WNBA draft, then in theory, she's also going to be an All-American. <laughs> True. So yeah. In the span of about a half hour, we've gone from I genuinely don't know if UConn can even get to the Final Four. To, they might actually have five <laughs> All-Americans. <so. laughs> I feel like I'm not gonna like ricochet between those two opinions until I actually see them play. <laughs> I guess there's never a dull moment covering this team. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had. Unfortunately, I
1: would have kind of liked to have a dull moment and have them have page now and just like coast. <laughs>
0: I miss the days of the 2017-18 season where they went out and they won every single game by 35, the exact same way every single night. And there was never anything to write about. I would actually sign up for that right now, (laughs) but nope. The last thing that we should talk about, Paige Beckers could declare for the WNBA draft after this season. She did tell the athletic that she wants to get her degrees and She was planning to stay for all four years. Obviously, that was before the injury occurred. I still lean strongly on she's probably going to come back to UConn for that fourth year. Put aside money, put aside all of that. From what I think I know about Paige having covered her, I don't think she'd be able to leave UConn without playing a game there again if this was something where she tore ACL at the end of the year, or even in January, she at least had that last opportunity. I just can't see her not wanting to come back and make a run at a national championship. I think, yeah, money is great. She has the NIL deals. She does have goals of playing in the WNBA, but there's been so many times where she's talked about winning championships and even if UConn goes and wins a national championship this year, that's not going to satisfy her. That's only going to make her want to go out and do it herself or at least be a part of it even more. So I understand why some people might think that. And I could understand if it's a factor of, you know, you have chronic damage in your knee. You're going to be able to play five more years of basketball. Pick where you want to do it. And I can understand if maybe that spurs her to the WNBA. But from the information we have now, and just from my own experiences talking to Paige and being around her, I don't see her not coming back for her fourth year. Whether or not she comes back for the COVID year or the redshirt year, that's another story. That's a different conversation. But I don't think we've seen the last of Paige Beckers in a UConn uniform. I feel pretty good about that I wouldn't say I feel confident but I feel pretty good
1: yeah I agree I think I would be pretty surprised if she announced that she was declaring at the end of this year I think all the reasons you said and then also I mean part of it I feel like is her friendship with AZ2 and how much went into like the two of them playing in college together and they haven't really played in college together and I don't know that she would give up that opportunity to do that in her senior year as well
0: there's an alternate universe where you, where AZ and Paige played four years together. And there's a very real universe where AZ and Paige essentially didn't play a single season together. Yeah. It's really sad. Injuries suck. Fate is cruel. I, I don't know what Paige did to deserve this, but Seriously. she doesn't. Yeah. She definitely That's, does not. Yeah. Just... A very tough pill to swallow, whether you're a fan or just thinking of Paige. If you're even just a Paige Beckers fan, it's tough. Two straight years. We, I mean, we haven't even gotten a normal Paige year. She played her first year during the frigging pandemic when no one could actually go watch her play. So we've gotten a healthy Paige Beckers for, what, two games at home total? Arkansas and Notre Dame, I believe. Yep, I think that's it. So, And obviously, the Notre Dame one comes with a very heavy asterisk. Mm -hmm. So, it's just, it just sucks. That's there's no other elegant way to put it. It just really sucks. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I keep coming back to. Yeah, two games she has played. Paige Beckers has never mind. I was gonna say she's never played a home game in front of fans at the XL Center. Uh, You know, (laughs) there's a bunch of. Reasons that's wrong, but she's played one game fully healthy at the XL Center and not even a full game at Gamble Pavilion fully healthy. So, with fans, it's not fair. We're being robbed. She's being robbed. The world is being robbed. On that note, we'll wrap up this emergency edition of Chasing Perfection. Tough day. Tough day if you're a Yukon fan, if you're a Yukon writer, if you're a sports fan, if you have a soul. So, We will break this all down further on a more in-depth episode of the podcast that we could plan out a little bit. We'll have a lot of coverage on the UConn blog and the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly. But other than that, thanks for tuning in.